0: Welcome to podcast number six of Bass Talk with Hagen and Hayes. Today's topic is the Czech base School. So, Susan Hagen, tell me about the Czech base School.
1: Well, David Hayes, how are you doing today? <laughs>
0: I'm very well, thank you. And you?
1: I'm doing well, thank you. You know, I have to say that the Czech base School is bigger than more important, more influential than anything I had realized until a few years ago. And I think for me, part of that is because, and I know we talked about this briefly in an earlier podcast, I didn't know that Franz Samandel was really František Samandel, was Czech. I thought he was Austrian because he was a member of the Vienna Philharmonic and taught at the Vienna Conservatory. So until I realized that he was also Czech, and I started to realize that Rabie was Czech and Czerny I knew of but had not learned a lot about him realized that he was Czech and then all of a sudden I was talking to you one day and I said wow all these guys are from Czechoslovakia this is amazing um I I find it just mind-blowing and before I turn it over to you I want to tell you one quick kind of I think kind of cute story. When I was in high school, I went with my youth orchestra. We went on a couple of tours of Europe and one of them brought us to Prague. The only time I've been to Prague and I'm saying this because I know you've been so many times and you were there when it was a communist country. And I was there right after all communism had fallen in that region of the world. Um, we went to Germany two years after we were supposed to go the year the Berlin wall came down, but they paused that idea just for safety reasons. But in that tour, we also went to Prague and we played in the Dvorak Hall. And I I walked into these places and it's the strangest thing because I'm backfilling information. But I remember feeling like this was a place that was very double bass centric. And I didn't know why, but I just felt like this heavy importance of bass. And now, <laughs> now I know why. And it was the weirdest thing because I said to my friends, I feel like this is very important for us as bass players to be here. But I'm not understanding why and I wasn't smart enough to go home and research it at the time. Um, but tell tell us tell the listeners about your experiences in prague and and all of these amazing composers that exist too
0: well my interest um began when i was at school with samandal method for bass it's the only book we had at school so that was my introduction to czech and then when i went to study the royal college of music i played i think the first sonata by mijek Mm. so suddenly i was starting to to learn a little bit about this And I've always been fascinated by repertoire. So I was always in the library, which had a fantastic collection of music. And I went through every box and looked at all the different repertoire. And then I I tried to buy copies of things which were available. Um, And then I saw an article by Rodney Slatford in one of the ISB magazines. And he'd been to Prague and Bratislava, the uh, Czech and Slovak capitals. And the article was fantastic. It was talking about... The Czech bass school, and how most of the the playing we do today emanates from the Czech bass school. And at the bottom of the article, it said, if you, it said about the music publishing is state run, non profit making. And if you write to these addresses, they'll probably send you free music and recordings. So I I wrote to Prague and Bratislava, the music information centers there. And the first one back was from Prague. And I had a big pile of Czech music, bass music, and a record. And that was Frantisek Poshta, the Grand Chino bass of Frantisek Poshta.
1: So that's uh, how you got that album.
0: It is. And I, I put the record on it. I met Sarah, my wife, just before that. And I, I put the record on. And within a minute, she said, he's the one. He's the one you need to study with. And she could recognize the singing quality that I wanted to do, yeah. which I couldn't do, but he could. Um, and then from his records, I saw all these different Czech composers. And there was Czerny and there was Kukinka. I think Master was another one. Uh, and the more I researched it, the more I started to understand how important the Czech school was for all of us. And I I, I researched quite a lot because it's, this is my passion: is the history, the 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 bass and the repertoire and the composers. Right. And I discovered that the it all links back to the uh, Prague Conservatoire, which was uh, the bass class was founded in eighteen eleven by Václav Hauser. And everything emanates from there. And from there, from Hauser, he went to Joseph Rabier, and eventually Simandl, who went to Vienna. And Simandl was really the key figure because he was the one who taught all the great players who then went to every other capital city and exported the Czech school. And I, I've loved researching this. And I, I've really enjoyed finding these manuscripts by Kukinka and Tulicek and the old editions of Czerny's music and bringing them back into print for new okay. generations. And I, I absolutely love it.
1: And I think you found some music also by Carol Trouch who studied with, if I'm right, Hauser and Rabier, right?
0: Yes, I, that, see that was a name I knew, but his name was Caroly Trouch. Well, Caroly ah. is, I think, Hungarian. Okay. Uh, so I started doing a little bit more research and then I, I met uh, David uh, Spischak in, in Hungary, just, just on the Internet, and he's been researching Trouch, and I didn't know Trouch was Czech. That was so funny. His name was Carol, which is his yes. name Carol Trouch. And he'd written a lot of bass music, but because he was in, in Budapest, all his manuscripts were there. And I think he, he wrote a, a method for bass, lots of bass pieces, which are still unpublished. And he was, I think he was, he was a key figure in Hungary for the development of the of the double bass there so, so that,
1: yet that was another person it's another person this this is i think the amazing thing so many of these players slash composers slash teachers from the czech school went they went everywhere in europe and, and kind of spread the uh, good word of double bass as it were
0: <laughs> well, um, what was nice about the czech school is and certainly when i studied with posture is there was a system Um, And it it tied in very much with how I'd worked out very early on that most string players end up in orchestras. Mm -hmm. But violin, viola, cello, they've joined an orchestra, having played all the concertos, sonatas, unaccompanied works. And bass players, I always thought we had a a different approach where you, you only got so far in technically and you only needed one or two solo pieces for your auditions. And that was because you were only ever going to play in half and first position most of the time. <laughs> right. Which, and I, but I, 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 I always thought that if you could play in the higher registers, you could certainly play in the lower registers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just thought we shouldn't be any different to violin, viola, cello. And if you studied all the great solo repertoire and the chamber music, it would make you into a greater orchestral player. Sure. And I've been right, because yeah. all the the players today, almost all the, all the great players have Played a soloist, played in chamber music. They teach as well, yeah. most of them, and we're now no different to violin, viola, and cello. And I, th- I think that's really healthy. And that's what I was introduced to, to in Prague with Fantajet Poshta. and he had he, he gave me copies of technical studies by uh, Czerny, which were long out of print, uh, but he he still had a few copies. The I think thirty uh, caprices by by Czerny. and it was fantastic just to be introduced to all this repertoire. And, and Poshta owned Czerny's bass, which is this famous granchino bass. Wow. And sometimes I would have lessons on this this granchino bass. And I'd be playing Czerny's music on Czerny's bass.
1: <laughs> and it's
0: so amazing. And Poshta was also, it's much shorter than me. And the, the end pin was fixed because you didn't need an adjustable end pin because he was the only one person who played it. So I was taller than him. So I had to balance this priceless bass on a book <laughs> of, of piano music, uh, uh, books of piano music. Oh, wow. And I had to keep it upright to keep the balance. Because if, if I moved it ever so slightly, all oh, the, the music, music move. would slip. And I got this priceless bass and I, could, I couldn't I could move. It was so strange. No pressure. <laughs> no, it was unbelievable. But uh, posture was amazing because he could pick up any bass, like Gary Carr. Um, yeah. And you just know it's Gary Carr because it's Gary Carr. posture was the same. Right, he just right. had this ability to turn any bass into a posture bass
1: that's it's amazing because you were you were there you know in in a time when it was really hard to get into that country too you were there you were studying and so you are yet another person who has on a deeper level i you know i i grew up with Samantha's new method for double mm. base i still to this day love it i think it's really effective and it's it's works really well. It's a great fingering system and all that. But you were involved in it deeper because you worked one-on-one with Poshta and you went to Prague to do it.
0: It's interesting how Rodney Slatford was the one who'd written the the article about the Czech Slovak Base School. And then he'd organized the Isle of Man competition. I went to the second one in 1982. and Poshta was on the jury and gave a Mm -hmm. recital. So I was able to, to meet Poshta. And he said, "Come and study with me." And that was nineteen eighty-two, but I wasn't good enough to get a scholarship, so we, Sarah and I, had to fund it. And it took me four years to to actually do anything about it. It was also common that Czechoslovakia was still communist rule at that time,
1: right. which made
0: everything was much more difficult. If you go on a holiday, you go through the National Tourist Board; they do everything for you. If you go as a private citizen, you have to to do everything. So we had mm. to book our flights, we couldn't get a visa until a week before we flew, there's no guarantee you got a visa, um, so we, we queued up at the, the Czech embassy in London, and it was, it was only something like $10, but we wrote a cheque, they don't accept cheques, you have to pay in cash, no. we didn't have any cash, so we had to go back the next day, so we were one day closer to flying, we still hadn't got our visas, then we got to Prague, and then we had to change currency, um, from sterling into to Czech crowns. And we had to change something like ten pounds a day. We were there, I think, twelve days. Mm. So it was one hundred and twenty pounds. And but we just couldn't get rid of the money because um, a journey on the tram was was two pence. So mm. fifty journeys for for a pound. It was it was amazing, really. And we couldn't bring the money back out. The they that was the rule is they they kept the sterling. And then we also had to sign in with the police because we were there privately. And we had to go. And, and I remember posh took us to, and it, fortunately his English was really good. So he was able to sort it out for us. Good. But it, it was really strange. And we were told not to take photographs near things and just be careful. And it was a very strange time, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't have changed anything because it, it was still a, a vibrant city, even in 1986. It's just, it wasn't open right. to Europe.
1: Right. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, and I keep... I keep trying to think about the timeline of all of these composers. Like, Trouch was a little older than Samandel. Mm. Samandel and, and Vorjak were about the same age. They were born within a year of each other. And then Czerny was 20 years or so younger than the two, Samandel and Dvorak. Um, and many
0: of them have studied composition with Vorjak.
1: It's amazing. That makes Isn't sense. It? That makes a yes. lot of sense because mm. you've you've made a lot of this music available um, through, you know, the recital music publications between Chimes Music and Jason Heath's Double Bass Headquarters. And these are pieces I'd never even heard of, composers I'd never even heard of. And each piece that I look at, I'm like, oh, this is beautiful. And it makes so much sense because they worked with Dvorak, so they had some really great, I think, compositional training. Um, I,
0: I've enjoyed this journey because I've been finding, and, and Poshta was interested in, in Czech music particularly, so he was the one who helped me with the manuscripts of, of mm-hmm. Um And Czerny was born in a, a little village called uh, Novistratetsy, and every two years, Poshta used to go and do a recital there of some uh, cooking, uh, yeah, cooking as music, and other things as well, and yes. um it's fascinating because most of this music is out of print or never been published Mm -hmm. so i have copies of the manuscripts and and, you know i've had them for many years but it's only now i'm really getting on top of these things and music of Tulicek. i I met uh, rudolf Tulicek's, i think it was great nephew or something like that who was a czech violinist and suddenly i then had all copies of all these manuscripts of pieces he wrote which I'd, i'd never heard of him um and I, I'm enjo- really enjoying bringing these things back to life. Um, and I think it's important for the younger generations to know where we've come from and how Absolutely. we reach where yeah. we are. And, yeah. I, and I, one thing that Posture always said to me is always remember the people who've gone before you because right. everybody's made a contribution, however big or small, everyone has made a contribution. And right. I always thought that was a, a nice thing to do. So if there's ever there's an anniversary, I'm the first one there. I it gives me another reason to organize a, a concert or a workshop or a commission project or something. And sure. I I really enjoyed that.
1: I, I think that's great. Um I remember when I first started teaching at Boston Conservatory, a student came in and played the, the Mishach second sonata. And I thought, What a beautiful piece. Who's this Mishach guy? I've never heard of of him. And um I'll tell you that in Boston, for sure. I don't know about the rest of, of the country here. Th- Meshach, Czerny, Trouch, none of these people were are music that we've even heard much of. And I remember thinking, saying to the student's teacher, where did you find this Meshach piece? And he said, oh, my teacher taught it to me and he had, you know, a very, very fine very well-known teacher, and he said, but he was of Czech descent, so he knew about it. I said, oh my god, there we go. And um, I had a kid in a, a youth orchestra that was a, a student, and he came and he played um, a small piece by Czerny and I'd never heard of Czerny I said, how do you know this piece? And he said, oh well, my teacher is a descendant of of Oscar Zimmerman, and so he he knew about it. And I said, oh my goodness, you know, but they haven't the pieces haven't been widely published or made available here I mean as you were saying things were out of print and possibly not distributed I'm going to guess because of sort of what we used to refer to as being behind the iron curtain
0: um that, that was one of the issues there was a lot of music I didn't know about mm-hmm. and when I went to Prague I was able to get copies or push to provide me with copies and the, the cherny music I think uh, the mazurka Sean D'Amour, I I think he gave me copies and then I, I discovered that they were published by I don't know if it, Weinberger I think I, I can't remember who it was now oh Bosworth that was it um and they were in Vienna and London and at the time Bosworth still had a, a small small office in London so I, I went to see them um and I said can I get hold of archive copies and it took months to get it was unbelievable you was know, it's like going to Mars and back it's, it's all they were doing was Contacted Vienna, asked them to photocopy and send it back to London. That's all it was. <laughs> it was so funny. But I got copies of all these these pieces by by Channing, all these original editions. But a lot of music doesn't stay in print because bass music doesn't sell in vast quantities. It's not like piano music or violin music. Right. So it'll be in print. I I don't know. They might print a thousand copies, mm-hmm. which might take twenty years to sell. Right. In which case, they're not going to print another thousand.
1: Yeah. yeah because all your money Martin. is tied up
0: with music which is sitting on the shelves, which is the nice thing about the downloads now mm-hmm. because it just makes everything accessible to everybody
1: yes. it's, and it
0: just means my publications and recital music is now available to every country in the world just with a a click of a, a mouse. It, it's really amazing how how things have changed because in the past, you know, People had to to buy the music and they had to put in a, an envelope and posted. Sometimes the customs problems. There were always lots of reasons. Oh, whereas yes. nowadays it's, it's great. And, and things like IMSLP is fantastic right. just for, for, for learning a little bit more about these composers and their repertoire. Um, right. And I, I discovered that Czerny had written four concertos.
1: Mm. I had
0: one of them. The first concerto is still in print in a, a very strange edition. Um, but the other three aren't, and I. So it's, it's on my list to have new editions of all these pieces, possibly both both tunings for solo and orchestral tuning, because mm-hmm. that, that that's going to be another podcast, solo and orchestral yes. tuning. Yes. Yes. That, that is a another issue altogether. Oh, it is. <laughs> but again, the nice thing about downloads is I can put both tunings in one edition right. with no extra cost to anybody because the one thing I know as a teacher is if you tell your students to buy the orchestral tuning version, the first opportunity they ever have, the rest of the program is in solo tuning. You just know, whereas if they're both there, you've got them, it doesn't matter when you play them or who with, because you've got both piano parts.
1: It's so much better. When I was in college, things here in America would usually come with either uh, solo tuning piano parts or orchestral tuning and you could usually choose and so we always would choose the orchestral if it was an option but sometimes it wasn't and I was lucky I mean it was always expensive to buy that other piano part it was always just enough out of the budget that my whole recital would have to be really rethought I remember wanting to play the Schulhof concertino but everything else was in solo tuning and then it's like oh gosh what do I do I was lucked out because one of my teachers was a beta tester for the program Sibelius and they were working on scanning in piano parts and recognizing them and then being able to tr- to transpose them and so he said to me I need to do this work anyway why don't I take your piano parts for your concertos and all of your sonatas and stuff and I will transcribe them and then we'll you know we'll check and see because Sibelius company needs to know if this works or not and I was so grateful because I couldn't afford to buy all those other parts. Or maybe I could afford, it just felt like I couldn't. Um, I think I probably would have had to have borrowed money from my parents, which is just, just something I didn't want to have to do. Um, but it was, you know, that solo and orchestral tuning. This is one of the things I love about the downloads. I've got them, I've got them both. And it doesn't cost the the people, you, you know, the publishers, any more money because you're not printing them. And I have them on my laptop and I print off what I need when I need, or I just use it on my iPad. Um, now I have a question about Rabie. Yes. He was Czech.
0: Yes. He, he was a was... teacher.
1: Okay. The I was, was going to say he's kind of like the granddad of all of this.
0: Yeah. It, I, I think he was because I, I think he wrote, I think Hauser wrote studies as well, mm-hmm. but I, I think maybe Rabie was more important. And what was interesting in, in, in those days is nothing was printed. So mm. Rabier would have had uh, a set of, of studies in hand copied and he would have given that to the student and saying, make your own copy.
1: <laughs> so, yes. So you
0: would yes. So you would in fact, you would have known the piece almost intimately before you've even uh, picked up right. your base. Oh yeah. And I, I think that's why th- there's a book of uh, studies uh, by God um, Stork Rabier.
1: Yes, those are well, very Stork, popular here.
0: Stork studied with Rabier. So I wonder whether these are uh, Rabier studies which were discovered in Stork's library after he died. Mm, without but so, so suddenly um Stork is attached to these studies when they might not even be his.
1: That was gonna be my next question. Mm. It's like you read my mind. I've um I've worked a little bit out of that that book, but I've taught uh, quite a few students that came to me having already started that book. So we would still kind of work in it a bit. Um, and I've always wondered who wrote them.
0: <laughs> I, I, it could well be. Um, that There's also I have uh, music by Joseph Abbott, who was again, a Czech bass player, composer, ended up in, in Germany. And in his collection, there are lots of hand copied studies. Again, with no attribution, it doesn't say who they're by. Mm-hmm. But I, I, he studied, I think, with with Rabier as well. So I wonder whether they're his studies. Mm-hmm. But this is just Abbott's copy of the studies,
1: right. right? So, and
0: I think, I think at this point we probably never know because if it's anything like Bottasini's manuscripts, there's, there's no date on them, there's no composer name, there's no librettist name. You know, you have no idea who wrote yeah. these things.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, oh, it's, it's interesting, but regardless of who actually wrote them, mm-hmm. we were pretty certain they came from the Czech school and somehow either Rabier or one of his students wrote them. So they're going to have that same kind of schooling attached to them. Which and they're still
0: fantastic technique. It's still, they are. They it are. hasn't changed in 150 years. They're still really fantastic technique. And it, it's, you know, if you're going to play in an orchestra, this is the area you want to be playing in. Right. And, I, and, I, and they're as musical as you want them to be. You know, it, it's like, I think, it's like any study. If you decide it's boring study, that's entirely up to you. But I think that's your job as a musician. Always. I, I tell my students, it's always, you. our job is to turn lead into gold.
1: Mm-hmm. Because we're
0: not given gold every day. Um, right. We are given lead sometimes. <laughs> and it's our job to hide the fact that it's lead. Um,
1: and I think as bass players, especially, people have this feeling of, well Brahms didn't write for us soloistically mm. uh, Beethoven didn't yes they wrote orchestral parts for us but you're not going to ever have a sonata or a concerto by them um, and we have people that no one's heard of and I say but that doesn't mean they're not great you know and we
0: have we yeah I think what's interesting is we have lots of player composers but every other ins- instrument does as well the cello has lots of these player composers but the cello also has Elgar and Vojak yeah. and mm-hmm. Schubert and that was the difference we didn't get right. those right. so we a lot of our repertoire has been player from player composers and I think a lot of it's been lost because music goes out of print but yeah. I, I've enjoyed bringing the Kukinka music back into, into to print and, and Poshta enjoyed playing these little miniatures by by Kukinka and I had a copy of his concerto he, I've had it for wow, 30 years mm-hmm. and A friend in Slovakia, Philip Jarrow, emailed me and he said, I've been looking for this concerto. Do you know anything about it? Yeah, I've got a copy. Mm. He he was so shocked. And then when I looked at the the copy of the manuscript, I think it was finished, the composition was finished in 1921. Mm
1: -hmm. And I
0: thought this was, we were in 2021 at the time. And I thought, wow, this is an omen. It's a century. So, right, so now I need to do it. Because it... I have all these these things I'm going to do. Um and I always have a list and often I don't do that list but I do another list which I haven't made a list. <laughs> I I've, I've always got 50 things I'm working on and that was suddenly a reason to finish the concerto and then he recorded it which was nice and he's performed it which is which is great. And I I like the fact that it's it's music which is linked back to the the Czech school but also it's linked back to Dvořák in some way. Right. These composers on the whole weren't with as great as Dvorak, but they must have picked something up from him.
1: I love that. I'm sure that, you know, you. I know in some of the music that I've taught and played, you can hear those sort of the, the Czech sound and influences. And I always feel like, oh, that that must be from Dvorak, you know, um, but I think it's great. You've got your, the books of miniatures, uh, books one, two, and three, they all have some of these Czech composers we're talking about today and the heritage book I know has a piece by uh, Trouch. Mm. And it's nice because what I like about what, what you've done is you've taken them, you've written them out, printed them, typeset them, they look great, and sprinkled them into other things. Because I don't know if any of us would say, oh, I want a whole book by composers I've never heard of from the Czech school maybe not and then it you know you don't purchase it but if you have a collection of a bunch of different composers and there's some czech schools sprinkled in there it's great and then we're getting we're getting access to it and i love um teaching them to my students and explaining the heritage i think the heritage for bass players is really important um and it's interesting because now around the time of samandel had to have been around the time of Botticini, right yes so you've yeah, got Bodicini this died in
0: 1889 yeah. um, and Samandle died in 1912.
1: Um, 1912, I think. Yeah. Around. yeah, so they're kind of overlapping a bit. And you've got these amazing things happening in different parts of the world for the double bass. And yeah, Bottesini. We should we're gonna do a whole podcast talking about <laughs> him. We already have. It's great. I could talk about Bottesini for days. Um, he was so influential. I think he was the big splash and then you had sort of in, in baseball, what I would call your scrappy little everyday players in that we've got a bunch of maybe lesser known for multiple different reasons, but composers and players from the Czech school, but really such a strong, solid foundation for so many of us in mm. the land I've, of double bass.
0: I've enjoyed putting the different books together. The miniatures is quite nice. yes, Because that could be anything in book three has more transcription than I I planned, but that's just how it happened. It's it's mm-hmm. nice. And the Heritage series, again, is on the whole shorter pieces. But the Heritage series is. Base composers who are maybe not Czech because right. the Czech ones I'm putting into the Bohemian base mm-hmm. series.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but there, there can be a crossover. It really doesn't matter. It's just there are so many, I I think, so many great composers, so many great pieces, which are still worth teaching and learning and performing today. Um, And I I think by having a, yeah, Miniatures Book 3, Heritage Series, Bohemian Bays, hopefully that um, is more appealing, as you say, than a book of music by Sir
1: Right, right. Mm. Multiple composers, I think, is interesting and, I don't know, something I would want to purchase. Oh, heck, it's something I do purchase (laughs) regularly. (laughs) I love a collection um, because... I have different styles of music at my fingertips. Um, they all have some common thread, which is why they've made it into the collection together, but it makes it a lot of fun. Um, and I, I love that, you know, you still have more plans for mm. making these Czech composers. I'm, I'm working on Bohemian
0: Bass Book 2 at the moment. Ooh, these, wonderful. these things always take take a long time because I'm working on other things as well. And this is nice because it's, um, a, a Dumka by Gregora, who was um, another sort of Czech bass player composer. And um, this was in the Savandal series from 1903, I think. It's a really, really nice little piece. And then I've got a, a fantastic Dumka by Kukinka, and that's never been published. So, and again, I had the manuscript for a long time, so that's going to be in there. I've got a nice little piece by Tulacek called mm. Introduction to a Suite. It's a really nice, it's a lovely little piece, very charming, very elegant. Nice. Um, and it, and then I've got, I think, a vegan lead by Lasker, which ties in nicely with you, which Kusevitsky recorded. Nice. That was in the 1920s. And then probably one other small piece as well. And then you have suddenly got five different composers. Um, yeah. and hopefully it, it's interesting enough to, as I say, to, to be able to play and teach and perform. Nice. I, I think it's, I, I think it's important that this music is, is given a new lease of life. I always, yeah. I always call it giving um, kiss, kiss of uh, what's it called kiss of life uh, to all mm-hmm. these things oh and yeah it, it, if it's meant to survive it will do and right not, it'll fall by the wayside as things always have
1: well without having it easily accessible it doesn't have a chance and you're giving it that opportunity for us to know the pieces and and give them an opportunity and um i now Dümka, it's it's does that mean thought is that what the name is? What the word it means?
0: Is. I, I thought it was Czech because there's uh, the Dumki trio by Vojak. Right. But but when I was writing my own Dumka, um, I I I checked, um, and it's a Ukrainian dance, medium ah. four. I think it's, it's it's quite slow and quite reflective. Okay. And there's a a, a Dumka by cherny which I played. And again, mm-hmm. it's quite slow and relaxed. Um. And yeah, the I I wrote the the Dumka in the. Um, Heredal
1: remembered. Yes. That's what made me think of, of...
0: students played. Yeah. Mm-hmm, and,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that was nice. I I enjoyed, I, I enjoy learning things. I enjoy there's so much you don't know. And it doesn't matter how much, you know, there's always so much more still to learn. Oh yeah. I, and I think it's part of being a teacher is the, the learning process. I enjoy and that.
1: I I love that, you know, you look on a map to see where the Czech Republic is. Mm. There are so many changing borders, changing countries, shared mm. borders. Um, unfortunately, right now, border wars, uh, those those have happened s- so many places. And I think, though, dunka being a shared word, because you know, in that region of the world, there are just so many, so many places, I have a friend who said to me, he said, I'm Polish, or Russian or Ukrainian? Well, it just depends on the year because we were from this one town and it has belonged to so many different countries. Um, You know, that sort of a sort of a situation. And and I think the language is that way. But I think Prague being the heart of it all for double bass for for so long, it's just it's very exciting. And it makes me want to go back there. And It's nice.
0: We haven't been back last time we were there was December 2019. Hmm just before the pandemic. And then we're going back in December this year, first time in four that's, years, but we've been going amazing. since 1986. So it, it, I've probably been 40 times, maybe more. Yeah,
1: really. it's it's, it's a country I
0: love more than, than anywhere, really. Yeah. It, it's, it's such a beautiful place. And we. It, what's nice is we've kept in contact with Poshta's daughter, Yitka. And we always meet for lunch and we meet in a, a lovely restaurant on the outskirts of Prague where nobody speaks English. Because only Czech people go there, right. uh, all the the menus are in Czech. But now you got Google Translate on your phone, right? So it
1: it's, makes it it's easier. So <laughs>
0: fantastic! There, there was something we we went last time we went, and we were there early, so Sarah's going through the menu, um, and it came out as Moravian sparrow. Hmm. What's Moravian sparrow? And it was some kind of meat. It wasn't a bird at all. It was just <laughs> just called Moravian sparrow for some reason. It was so strange, <laughs> but it, beautiful, beautiful meal and and the, the people so hospitable and i've just got yes. happy memories of playing yeah. and teaching we we played in, i i played at the Prague conservatoire in 2014 that would have been nice. Posh's 95th birthday
1: oh sure
0: and uh i went out george valenta who's an ex-Posh student played in the the czech phil he organized for me to go there and i organized for him to come to to england and we did some Poshta celebrations to remember him and play Czech music and it, what was so nice is I I played a piece by Czerny and and you you said there were lots of Czech bass players in the audience and so many of them said I sounded more Czech than he did which you <laughs> was, <laughs> was very strange
1: well being so close with Poshta I can see how that would happen because you you know you really studied with him intensely
0: it, 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 it he gave me everything I needed. We went through things very, very quickly. He was uh he's got a tough teacher. Although the uh, Tepe a great friend, he'd studied yes. there 20 years earlier. He said, by the time I knew Poshta, he'd mellowed quite a lot.
1: <laughs> this is what people say about but the tough late, teachers. Late,
0: yeah, he was late sixties. <laughs> <60s>. And... Uh, <laughs> And I, and I think, yeah, in his late 60s, he, he was lovely. He was very, very generous. And he would take me into Prague to meet people. I used to get drunk all the time because we used to change trams. And he would always say, I know a little bar here. So I'd go in and have a little beer. And then we change trams again. And he said, I know a little bar here. And I guess so whenever we turned up to meet these important people, I was always drunk. Oh, no.
1: Happy memories. Oh, the, the dangers of travel. Exactly. But it's so, it's great because I feel like you have helped bring all of this world of double bass from Prague to the rest of us. Um, and some of us didn't even know the influences and some of us did. And now we're learning more, more music of, of composers that because it just was not widespread. Now you're able to share the music with all of us. And it's I've, really I've really exciting. enjoyed
0: doing it. And it is part of my passion is is promoting the bass repertoire which is why i commission so many pieces yeah. but i love where we come from i love the fact that all this repertoire exists and if it takes me a couple of hours that's just a couple of hours out of my life that's okay i i can do that um and it just remembers laska and geisel and tulacek and kukinka and chen and they gave gave a lot to the bass world and i think yeah. we can do the same and if bass players don't like it that's okay that They don't have to like it, but some will. You
1: can always move on to the next piece and to the next composer, but at least it's there for us to know about, which is wonderful. Exactly. Exactly. Well, this is great. This is another great chat. I love it. And I want to thank everyone for listening to Bass Talk with Hagen and Hayes. Like and subscribe on our page and to our podcasts. And thank you to our sponsors. We look forward to talking to you all again soon. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.